Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Celebrate the holidays at Hale Varsity Club with an exciting lineup of holiday-themed events like Ugly Christmas Sweater Karaoke and Holiday Music Bingo, plus happy hour all day on New Year's Eve during college football bowl games. Hale Varsity Club has something for everybody. Stop in this month to try our new menu items like the Nashville Hot Honey Chicken, Crispy Breaded Wings, and the Benning Burger. It's a spicy burger named after Damon Benning. Visit HaleVarsityClub.com for the full event calendar and make a reservation now. The best food in the world isn't on your typical delivery apps. It's right down the street in your very own neighborhood. With Chef, you can enjoy authentic dishes from over 90 different countries, freshly prepared by your local neighbors and delivered right to your door. With over 1 million dishes served, your local cooks spend hours preparing your meals with care plus attention you won't find anywhere else. Explore a world of flavor today at Chef.com. That's Chef with an S dot com. New episodes of Real Housewives are great and all, but nothing beats an old episode of Housewives. Welcome to But Now We Said It, an ultimate Real Housewives deep dive podcast brought to you by Steve, the creator of At Faces by Bravo and The Dip. Each week, Steve will not only be recapping old seasons episode by episode, but will also be talking to the housewives and friends who are there for it all. Expect to hear from Bravo celebrities, past and present, who will give their unapologetic, unfiltered opinions and spill all that behind the scenes tea. Hop in our little family van and get ready to experience Housewives history one wig shifting moment at a time. Episode 1, Steve is joined by Amy Phillips to dig into the 2006 series premiere of Real Housewives of Orange County and welcome special guest Gina Keogh to discuss everything that happened behind the scenes of the historic debut. y'all welcome to the first episode of but now we said it i'm so excited to be partnering with the dip to bring you guys the ultimate real housewives deep dive new episodes or housewives are great but there is nothing better than an old episode of housewives am i right well we're going to be going back through all of the past seasons episode by episode and of course we have to start with Real Housewives of Orange County, season one, where it all began. I can't wait to recap with some of my favorite Bravo-obsessed friends and creators, as well as chat with the Bravo lebs and friends who were there for it all. The behind-the-scenes tea will be flowing, and I'm excited for y'all to hear it all with me. I'm super excited and honored to have a very special guest with me today to recap and kick off, but now we said it. It's very special to have this person because she was someone who has always been an inspiration to me since I first saw her in a wig on 
on Watch What Happens Live way back in the day. I want to say it was either Bethany or Ramona was her first one, but ever since she was put on Watch What Happens Live, I was obsessed. I thought she was hysterical. There, no one does a housewife impersonation better than this person. And I'm going to go ahead and introduce her. Hi, Amy Phillips. Oh, I'm getting a little choked up. That was so nice. Thank you so much. It feels like forever ago. It does. That I, was, that I first did that on Watch What Happens Live. And it really was something special for me. Like, and so for you to say that means the world to me. I, I know we all celebrate the housewives. So, and I know you like me love throwing a wig on and just celebrating the hell out of them. So we are kindred spirits from the beginning. <laughs> and I'm so honored to be here on your first episode. This is a highlight for me. So thank you. I'm so excited. I feel like we need to do a Vicky woohoo. Woohoo! <laughs> I can, it's you know what I'm excited. I'm always down for a woo. I'm always down for a woo. <laughs> yes, I. You know, my followers always see me in a wig reenacting Housewives. I mean, <laughs> you're my inspiration. So thank you for all of that, and of course. Thank you for always having me on Radio Andy on Reality Checked. I, we always have oh, a great night. I love it. I love having it. We always have <laughs> the greatest time. We're the greatest night. I never know what she's saying. I don't think she does either. Is it the greatest night or the greatest time? You know, I think she was in between. I think it's an in-between moment. You know, Sonia didn't even know where she was at. It was the barometric <laughs> pressure, moment. right? No. <laughs> it was. It was vertigo. There, It was an elevator. You know, they love being in. Ramona and Sonia love just doing antics in an elevator they love falling all over an elevator getting drunk and sometimes being trapped walls, in you know? one <laughs> yes that's true oh my god you're right that's so funny <laughs> you know i wanted hello to know. i'm trapped in here yes and i want to know who the producer was that was filming ramona stuck in there and not letting her out just filming her <laughs> right right filming her the fact that it was a glass it was a glass elevator. Was that that was Morocco? Uh, that was Morocco. No, it was. Uh, Carta- I'm pretty sure, right? No, it wasn't. No, yeah, Cartagena. Yeah, because she shit on the floor. Was there. it really? Yeah. Oh, wow, that was that was the same trip as the stuck elevator. Wow, I'm really and to think it was Morocco. That, boy, I was several seasons <laughs> off. Uh, forgive me, friends. Forgive me. It's all good. Well, Mama's a little old. Well, you know, I brought up Ramona shitting on the floor, and that's. Something that happens multiple seasons, so it, it's easy to get those things mixed well, up. Certainly, yeah. So, thank you, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> so, but now we said it is essentially going to be an ode to the seasons past and looking back at like major glory days of Housewives, right? So, I want to know oh. when and where were you when mm. you watched your first episode of Housewives, and was it? The Real Housewives of Orange County. It was not. It was The Real Housewives of New York. And um, the Rachel Zoe Project was my gateway show into The Real Housewives of New York. And so I was just, I fell in love with New York first. And then eventually just fell in, like Luann fell into the bush, right into Orange County. <laughs> and all of them. Uh, so it was really New York that that put, you know, when Ramona <laughs> said that, that they, she put New York, put him on the map. I mean, honestly, they kind of did for me. So, because I was late to the party, I was a little late. I didn't get until New York. So then I had to go back and watch and no, hashtag no regrets. Absolutely. Fell in love with them all. Well, for me, so 
Orange County season one came out in 2006. And I remember, so it was my senior year of high school. I remember seeing all these previews for this and it was supposed to be the, you know, the affluent life living behind the gates. Right. And I was so Mm -hmm, fascinated. mm -hmm. I was this, you know, boy in a small town. Like I want to know what these wealthy people, what it's like to live behind the gates. I watched the first episode and I guess it just did not capture what I thought it was going to be. So fast forward, Mm -hmm. senior year Mm -hmm. of college, my roommate was watching Real Housewives of New Jersey, um, the last episode where Teresa flipped the table. Oh my God. Yes. And when I saw that, it was over for my life. (laughs) I went back and watched everything. I mean, you know how obsessed with Housewives I am. It's that moment. I was just like... Boom, 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 boom. Give me all of the housewives. Inject them into me. Incredible. Mm. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. Wow. What an amazing amazing resurgence that you had into it. And I would say you were catapulted into that world. I mean, how could you not with a table flip? Right? I could see why the first season or the first few episodes of Orange County didn't give you what you wanted. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I completely get that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I, I It was looking back at it now, I'm like, Oh, I really enjoy it. And after seeing the evolution of everything, but at that time, Mm -hmm. it just, it wasn't the sparkle, but rewatching it now (laughs) has been amazing. And I can't wait to talk about this. Right. I feel like this is, was a different show, right? Yes. (laughs) Yes. It was. And you know what? If I could just jump and say this. You know how we talk about like, oh, everything's like produced now. It's not as organic as it used to be. Well, looking back, especially at this episode one, very produced. Oh, yes. Very produced. Oh, yes. So that was a little shocking to see. I'm like, wow, I think we might be a little delusional about, (laughs) you know, I mean, we might be just I, I think we're just we can ride the fence with thinking that there were some moments in the past that were more authentic than they are now just because the nature of the machine. Right. But. I couldn't believe how produced there, how produced some moments were in this episode. Absolutely, I feel like um, it, it was also interesting to see that this show was about these families almost separately, and they really didn't, yes, like film together. It was almost like it was a docu series mm. on these certain families versus a group of women that are friends, right? Mm-hmm. It was right without, they, they were missing that connection a little bit. I mean, mm-hmm. we did have Vicky and Lori, Lori right. together. So we have that connection. Yeah. Well, but the rest, I mean, that intro <laughs> when Joe was peeking around the corner was like, excuse me, this may seem a little out of left field. <laughs> exactly. And then <laughs> Kimberly's just like, oh, well, have a seat. Come on and have a seat. <laughs> yes. Well, we will. Do you live in Kodo? <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll be getting all into that. But I think the best way to start off, because, you know, these taglines are, the taglines of Housewives they are a cultural phenomenon for the Bravo-verse, and we are very passionate about our taglines, right? We, we cannot mm-hmm. wait until those come out. Well, season one, when I first heard them for the first time, I was shook because I was like, what the hell <laughs> is this? So we open up with a monologue and then go 
straight into the taglines, and I feel like you're the perfect person to do a dramatic reading of the monologue and the taglines. Oh. Are you down? Mm, thank you. Oh my gosh, I would be. I would do it with honor <sighs> and with with glee. I can't wait. Thank you. I need to. I need to do my technique. So if you allow me, just a moment. Yes. Let's... <clears throat> Little Strasbourg technique. Just got to get relaxed. <sighs> Red leather, yellow leather. <laughs> <laughs> or I'm more like a Drew, like, me, me, me. Okay. Shall we? Three, two, one. Life is different in a gated community. The land here is a million an acre. The average priced house is a million eight to two, two. Once people come through this gate, there's a sense of being Teflon. Nothing sticks to you. Image is everything in my world. When you're not behind the gates, you don't know what you're missing. It isn't just a place to live. It's a lifestyle. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to get home. He's pretty much keeping me. Are the police involved? It's just money. You can't take it with you. 85% of the women around here have had breast implants. <laughs> Beautiful. That was actually Emmy-worthy performance you did, Amy. What is the... Oh, no. Right back at you. What is the story behind having this first? Because there's like two sets here. We've got like the monologue up top Mm -hmm. that's sort of introducing a little bit about the show. Then you have your taglines. So they obviously did away with that little storytelling intro at the beginning. How long did that last? Do you know? I think so. There was season one. And if you did, I'm assuming Mm -hmm. you watched OC this past season. Gina Season 15 mm-hmm, mm-hmm. narrated another opening. Oh, yeah. She came back. Oh, that's right. That was so cool. Right. I did love that. It was amazing because they like, I remember they were promoting this last season saying you might hear a familiar voice or something like that. And then when they aired the, yeah. the narration, I was, I just was like, you get chills. It's like bringing back the OG. I did think that was it was nostalgic. The only thing I was disappointed about was that we actually didn't see her on I camera. Know. Give us some Gina. Then I, I thought, oh, yeah, <laughs> that, I think that would have been really neat. Even if we just would have seen her coming out of that voiceover and like just getting into her car. Like, I don't know. In a sky Driving top. around. Anything. Anything. Because <laughs> <laughs> isn't she the one that's like driving in a sky top, driving down the highway? Oh, in that yes. intro, She's got the convertible. And <laughs> oh, yes. That would have been great to see her just driving in the convertible. Right. Well, fun fact. So I did um, already interview Gina for the pod and she... Ooh, baby! Right? I got some tea for you. So, you know, in the intro, when um, the taglines, when the gates close and that gate is there, that's Mm -hmm. Tammy Knickerbocker's gate. Yeah. Of her old house. Yes. Yes. Oh, my God. I forgot that. And those gates were Tammy Knickerbocker's gates, by the way. They were? Because the gates of Coda was a yellow noodle. And I would drive <laughs> Scott crazy. I'd say, why can't we just call behind the noodle? I think that's so <laughs> real. <laughs> it's that's like, hysterical. Shut up, Gina. 
Wait, Tammy Knickerbocker's house, or you said the one that um, the was gates the that really, they still really big now one? were Tammy Knickerbocker's yeah. house, yeah. Oh my gosh. That she lived in Before she was to... even on the show, she let us okay. use her house. She always let us use stuff. ZZ Top wanted to do a Where Are They Now with me. And they mm-hmm. said, We just want to see you getting out of a nice car. And I said, Okay, Tammy, can I use your Porsche in your driveway? I just have to shoot this little thing for, you know, MTV. They're coming out uh-huh. to see where we are, and I'm just supposed to step out of the Porsche. And she's like, which one's my Porsche? She didn't <laughs> even know. She cared nothing about cars. She still doesn't. Oh, my she's gosh. Like, I That's... don't know. What's my car? What do I have? <laughs> <laughs> and she was Tammy. When did Tammy like? Season two is when she came When on. was she on? It was two. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I never remember her name, <laughs> but I always know that that gate is somebody affiliated with the show and that that's just like a big deal. And mm-hmm. I just could never remember. Oh my God. Thank you for that little factoid. A little fun fact. I actually asked Gina about the infamous taglines and here's what she had to say. Do you remember your first season taglines? No, do you? I do. I haven't written. The reason why I ask is because it's the only season where they just took random blurbs that you guys said during the season that they didn't even really make sense. It was just, it's so funny looking back at it now because the taglines are such a cultural thing of Housewives. But um, Vicky's was, I don't want to get old. Mm. Um, uh, Was mine about money? Yep. Yeah. Yours was the only one that I think could actually be like an early tagline that actually makes sense as a tagline. Yeah. Uh, it went to Joe, who was, he's pretty much keeping me. Yep, yep. Lori was, are the police involved? Oh, <laughs> my poor Lori. Uh, yours was, it's just money and you can't take it with you. Which I feel like that's very much a tagline that could have been used. Oh, I, um, I mean, I still use it. Yeah, that's true. And then Miss Kimberly was, 85% of the women around here have had breast implants. <laughs> so let's go ahead and get started. So we actually meet Gina and she tells us she's been in real estate for 10 years. She's showing off her home. And then she tells us prior to that, she's a model, actress, film, TV, and then in 1980, a Playboy Playmate and put up a nice little pinup picture. She looked fantastic. She was a babe. Amazing. A babe. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and she married Matt, um, the pitcher for the Oakland A's, and. The quote that stood out to me was, my husband and his mother picked me out of several of his girlfriends because they thought I had the right build for their genetics. (laughs) Um, Could I be more obsessed with that uh, process of elimination? The mother is involved. We're just we're just creating, you know, an alien race. Let's just I mean, wow. Wow. Right. And I mean, I'm just picturing the mother looking at the Playboy centerfold and being like, yeah, this'll do. <laughs> That's Go it. with her, Matt. She's the one. That'll give you the I baseball. Mean, wow. 
<laughs> I'm also That'll give you the baseball. <laughs> that'll give you the baseball player. No, I'm like thinking, do we have headshots there? Like we don't have Instagram back then, right? right? So are we putting our headshots out to pick out our... Our, our girls and mm-hmm. how many girlfriends did he have are we bringing him all over to mother's yeah. house and just parading them around her living room and just like on the plastic covered couch and just being like which one mother was it the first creepy bachelor situation where he had to give away his roast yes. <laughs> yes yes and the mom is really like the one picking she's like okay and you get the final rose then Matt has nothing to do with it which I mean I'm not surprised he's completely removed from everything which was very startling to see I mean wow so startling I mean I had remembered the relationship of Gina and Matt and how it was but I did not remember how removed I think you know what I mean like I I just I thought it was like, oh, I don't remember them having a great relationship. But watching it now, it's like, I feel like he Mm. is in his own place and has really no sort of, they really have no chemistry at this point, which was fascinating. No. And it it is intense to know about the history of that situation. And I think he... Um, has had some issues, you know, because of he's had injuries, yes. I believe, from from what I understand. So that's that is all part of the whole thing. I know. But what's wild is that if you think about that, we if we were watching that today, mm-hmm. how roasted over the coals that he would get. Oh, yes. you know, I mean, there would just it would just be relentless because just the way that they interact, how, you know, I mean, even Carl was like, well, he's got more important things to do. He doesn't show up and support me in my volleyball. Exactly. Um, and then he's. Just everything with the baseball, which I know we'll get into, but it was it was pretty intense. So yeah, we see mm-hmm. she she tells us they have three kids, Colton, Kara, and Shane. Shane is the oldest and received a silver Mercedes for his 16th birthday. Drove it for two weeks. Then a guy said, That's a girl's car. Didn't want to drive it anymore. Is that the most Unbelievable. like toxic masculinity straight? bullshit oh that i've ever heard in my life (laughs) that's a girl's car and then he listened too that he listened to and was like i guess i'm not gonna you know right also to be influenced that that he couldn't hang on to his confidence about no that's bullshit this is not you know like i'll do what i want to do i'll drive whatever car i want to drive he could have chosen to just you know stick with the car and you know stand up for his car but he didn't and you know what? He's young. He's in high right. school. So I understand you get influenced by your peers and you feel shamed about it. But that's just terrible in the OC. It sure is. And it's also like, I can't picture a silver Mercedes. Is that what it, Silver Mercedes that is a girl's car. I, like, what is a girl's car I at mean, that point? I don't know. The fact that they like, right. The fact that they can sh- like car shame in the OC is just beyond that. They, they, you know, a, a luxury vehicle <laughs> that they could actually make fun of someone for a luxury vehicle. It's unbelievable. Well, you know, even in Orange County, can't the Mercedes have um, fake boobs. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they got the breast 85%. implants. 85%. Yep. That's why the number is so high. It's the cars too. <laughs> um, so <laughs> cars then is talking about how Shane is the favorite and that she only gets her the hand-me-downs. And I, as we get on and we'll talk more about in this episode, it is very clear that there is a lot of sibling rivalry and a lot of what they feel, who gets attention and who doesn't. And it's the main, I feel like the main thing that they deal with as a family 
all the time. It's like the theme of the Kios is the battle between the kids. But um, I was feeling mm-hmm. for Kara. I was like, you were amazing. You were just as important. Ugh, we're rooting for you. Yes. They love you. Oh, my gosh. I I was kind of taken aback with Gina's little shady comment about uh, volleyball. Oh, yeah. oh Kara didn't... Uh... She didn't pick up volleyball fast enough. So, um, you know, and then to come to find out she's only one of three of the sophomores that made it onto the varsity team. I was like, boy, that to be in this family, talk about right. competition, talk about high stakes. That was tough because it just felt like I just felt Kara's need to, I don't know, succeed more than, you know, she's just to really prove herself and to get her father's attention. And then clearly her mother's too. She's like, oh, she didn't catch on fast enough. I was like, whoa, I couldn't imagine my mom saying that. It'd be a little, I would feel bad. I would too. I mean, I literally, when I heard that, and then there was a multiple actual, there was actually multiple instances where I think they even said there was some low blows with Shane on his performance on certain things yeah. where I'm just like, yikes, mm-hmm. tough crowd. But I mean, I know, I know. Also, there could be something to the editing. Yes. Maybe Jeannie was explaining a longer story like, oh, she didn't catch on fast enough. So she didn't make it into this round before she could, you know, there could have been more there, but it did the way they edited it sounded like Absolutely. the way that it came across, which is that this is a co- competitive family and uh, tough. Absolutely. So then we get to meet Joe, Miss Joe De La Rosa. So oh. she is our youngest Real Housewife in actual history of the Housewives. She is 24 oh, years old. Is that true? Mm-hmm. I did. I I was shocked to see how young she was. She was as young as I thought, you know, I remembered her to be. But then when you do the math and you know that he, Slade is 12 years older, um, you're like, wow, I don't know how this is going to really pan out. And as we know, it doesn't. But in history, she's the youngest real housewife. That's because wow. it was always Ashley Darby. And then, yeah, Ashley Darby. Was the youngest oh. next to Joe. Ashley was the young. No kidding. Because I think Ashley well, was 29. Great. I kind of love that they don't. Okay. I love that they don't go below 29 now. I mean, I love that they keep the ladies in the 30s and 40s and 50s. I love that. I much prefer a housewife that is, I don't want to say like a hard like 40 and up. because. But I mean, I, mm-hmm. the older housewives, I appreciate more typically. Absolutely. It's it's me too. And they've lived a life. They've got more stories to tell. And exactly. you know, that's what we're we're here for. <laughs> exactly. And so hearing that she was twenty-four, I was like thinking back to myself. At twenty-four, I had just graduated grad school and there was no way that I could take care of myself or be in a full on relationship and taking care of kids from somebody that is twelve years older than me. That's just I, I could not even imagine. So Go, as we see, you know, her mm-hmm. struggling through this, I get it because I could not do it. I, I know people do it all the time, but I just, I, I, I was, had a lot of, um, I felt for her a lot for sure. <laughs> oh, I was like, this is so funny. Cause I think you, you don't realize what you wish for and you don't, and then you get it and you're like, oh, maybe this isn't all what it's cracked up to be. And I think that's what she was saying in totally. those very overly produced scenes in which she meets um, Kimberly and all her friends, which was hilarious because you never get to see a housewife with like just a table full of friends, nameless, faceless, mm-hmm. not a friend of nothing, just their friends and they're interacting and they signed up for the day. 
Um, but then also those scenes that were a little put on with Slade and Joe out at the restaurant and they're having these conversations <laughs> and she's like, he was like, she's eager to to learn and I'm eager to teach. I was like, oh, this is so cringy. Mm-hmm. And he's just really playing that part of like, you know, like the successful, he's talking about money and the, just adding the zeros and he's talking about how. He just wishes that she would like to just stay home with him and the boys. And then we get cut to her like in the club. <laughs> that was amazing. Turning all amazing. up. Yes. I mean, that's what I was doing at 24 years old. So I get it. I the, This quote yeah. definitely resonated with me. Of, Everyone thinks they want to live the life. Everyone thinks that they want the, the cars and the houses and um, the bling and the whole shebang. And it might be a little different story once you actually get it. It gets kind of lonely around here. And they show her constantly like walking around the house by herself, (laughs) sitting on the counter, twiddling her thumbs. I was just like... Just gray gardens, just kicking her legs, just talking to people. And I know that was a little overproduced. Sure. But at the same time, it's, you know, what is she doing? And she doesn't want to, he doesn't want her to work. He wants her to stay home and keep Mm -hmm. the house up. And, and of course she has that, uh, you know, the iconic line where she's like, he's basically keeping keeping me. me. (laughs) Yes. We get, we get her tagline in the, in the episode one. (laughs) In the episode one. Yes. Yes. I, I love me some Joe and I do, they're just totally on different planets when it comes to their relationship and where they are in life. And um, it'll be interesting to see, obviously we know what happens, but to continue watching on the season of how far it gets before they, you know, decide that it's time to call it quits. Um, yeah. So then we meet Kimberly who is the stay-at-home mom with two kids moved from Baltimore, from Robin's Hood. And... Yes! Yes! Like, that is night and day difference. Cota de Casa in Baltimore. Um, and mm-hmm. you can really feel that she is a different... She's cut from a different cloth, as one might say. Who says that? Dol- Dolores or Teresa? Mm-hmm. From the other, she just has mm-hmm. a different vibe. Um, it didn't feel so, she doesn't feel so pressed to impress, you know? Mm-hmm. And I wonder mm-hmm. if that's because, just coming from where she moved from and whatnot. What do you think? Well, I was really, <laughs> I was really entertained with how she is fitting the mold so quickly. Yes. And she's just going with it. Like she just, I mean, we got her story so perfectly. She was such a great, perfect person to launch mm-hmm. this franchise. I think she was a real standout because, you know, I mean, just with the fake boobs in and of itself, she was like, well, my husband, you know, he was just, he's got these fantasies and, um, you know, midlife crisis. So I just <laughs> signed up to get that boob job and then he's all set. I'm just going to go ride my bike. And it was like, I went from a 32D to a to a um no she went from a 32 a to a 32 d was it a 32 d yes. or double d but they're huge and she's a, as big as a minute yes. so i mean she is bad i mean she was like well i just wanted to go go under once so i just thought well <laughs> let's just rock him and sock him and put him in there as much as my body can handle i was like you are a freaking trooper my god because these things are enormous and they show her doing the pilates yes and these boobs are just taking over um 
they, but I did love her story. Yeah. They in the the my favorite part of all of this is she's giving her intro monologue and there's just this trainer just spreading her legs back and forth. Oh like it's gosh. just this yeah. dramatic it's, <laughs> like it's gym moment. It almost looks intimate. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it does. It looked pretty sexual. Yes. But it's kind of amazing like it, because the way that they didn't cut it cut it we just were seeing it just full on. We're like, it just you're looking at it too long. Yes. You're like, I'm looking at the sun too long. So now I'm seeing spots. So that scene was a little weird. But she's just loving life. And she's trying to, you know, I like the whole mentorship of the connection they were trying to make between Kimberly and Joe. Mm-hmm. Because it was like, Kimberly's been there, done that. She's on the other side of it. She's like, I stopped my career. I had a booming career. And then it was like, kids, fake boobs. What am I going to do? Oh, I'll just go shopping. Oh, I'll, I'll exercise. I'll just live this luxurious lifestyle and I'll embrace it. So she was kind of trying to tell Joe how how to do this at this point, which I thought was hilarious to see, you know, a Kodo Takaza um, uh, advice moment. Yes. Because that's exactly what it is, because it's, it really fits into their mold. But Kimberly... Um, Eyes on Kimberly. The last time I Googled her, and it wasn't last night, but it was years ago, and I wondered where she is. I think she had some sort of skin. Was it um, Mm -hmm. predisposition to skin cancer or a skin cancer scare? So she moved away from out of California to, like, I don't know, Illinois or Mm -hmm. someplace that had more clouds, right? Yeah. So she – yeah. She – found. they found this season, we'll find out, like, she they found a precancerous or possible cancerous mole, I think. (gasps) Oh, is that on the show? Yes. Oh, see, I didn't even remember mm-hmm. that. Oh my gosh! Wow. And then I think I'm pretty sure it was her. Yeah, it was her. And then I think I read that she had found a concerning one on her son as well at some point. So uh-huh. they had moved to Chicago. And what I've mm-hmm. heard now, I, I can't. She's like off the grid on online and social yeah, media. You can't off find the anything. Grid. But um, no. Gina said, "Kimberly, she, where are you?" Exactly. Gina said that she's living in San Francisco, potentially. Oh, so she's in San Francisco now. Yeah. Okay, San Francisco. San Francisco. Right. Maybe she... Here we go. Mm-hmm. Now it's time for the Real Housewives of San Francisco. Of San Francisco. Because... Would that be amazing to bring Kimberly back? I think she was gone oh, way good too idea, soon. Steve. Way too soon. So was she gone after the first season? She made like little no quick appearances way. after... Um, like... I think season two and then she definitely remember at the fin- this is what i missed too in the finale parties every season uh, up mm-hmm. until like season s- seven i think was season six was the last one they would invite all the p- previous housewives and they would all like show up and kimberly That's i think nice. showed up to season f- five that was the last one and that's the last we well, saw what her. i find it- it's interesting about her story, which is that she is just not thirsty at all no, for attention. No. She's just living her life. And it, you'd think that someone who really had a hand in putting the housewives on the map in that sense would be, I don't know, a little more out there with her presence. And But she's not. I, I, I really respect that. I think that's really cool. I agree. She She's amazing. And I think she's the one that got away. But. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's the one that got away. <laughs> I love it. I love that we feel that way, like about the greatest loves of our life. Like that's how we feel about housewives. Exactly. I, I'm so there with you. I'm right there with you. She is the one that got away. I agree. I agree with you. It hurts. It does hurt. And <laughs> next, we finally get to meet Woohoo! Victoria Gumbelson. Woohoo! Woo-hoo! Oh, I, I, 
Steve, when she came on, I go, there's our girl. There she she is. is. Just surpass them all. And the longevity and just, and she is amazing. This really made me fall in love with Vicky all over again. I was dying because her entry is exactly what Vicky's entry needs to be. It's classic Vicky of her working, (laughs) doing 75 things, yelling at Brianna. (laughs) Then, you know... Oh, no. The first quote was, my children really don't know how hard I work. And I want them to know that their mom did their best to get them where they're at. Vicky loves to compliment herself and how hard she works. And she does work hard, but she... She does. Vicky's biggest fan is Vicky. It's incredible. Absolutely. And I love it. And I'm here for that. Yeah. I actually... You know, when we we get her whole story, and it was Mm -hmm. so nice to be reacquainted with this, and it was amazing to me, too, in this first episode, how how they were able to tell each person's story very succinctly, and they went in pretty deep pretty quickly. I mean, we had... So we had kind of the drama, um, which with with the whole baseball, the draft thing, but that was that was intense. Right. That drafting was intense in this episode, yes. and I thought, wow, this is kind of amazing. You got the the vibes of um, Gina and her husband, and how that's an awkward situation and mm. competitive household, and then you get this Kimberly wild like this this OC embracing this luxury lifestyle. You've got Joe, the kept woman, and and then you have Vicky, who's like, I work, I gotta work, I raise my kids. I, I'm, she's like a self made woman. Then you get this whole aspirational story and i um and i don't know who else we have we have one more left left, Lori. okay yeah okay but i just love that this is already it's such a it's such a well-produced you can see how it has legs Mm -hmm. and they did such a great job i loved hearing vicky's story about how you know she we got to hear about her ex-husband yes and how they met i mean the fact that the way he was describing her because she was a cashier in the grocery store and he was a bagger and he's like, well, I was bagging and uh, I didn't want to be in Vicky's line because uh, I didn't, she was so fast. I couldn't even keep up. So I tried to avoid it altogether. And uh, well, what are you going to do? And then to, you know, fast forward, they end up together. And he's like, she always wanted the finer things in life. And then she's just like, he was a snake. He was just a, a snake around my neck. I don't know. I was the, the ball phrase. and chain she was or like, something too. I think she said like, yeah, oh, yeah. ball and chain. <laughs> And I had to cut and run. They had two kids. And she was like, I wanted some stuff bigger. I wanted a bigger life. I wanted to work hard. That was wild. And it was amazing how they, this is where, you know, like production, this is where the production, like editing roots started, where they, they went back and forth and they were on two completely like different, like Vicky was reading him for film in her confessional, whereas he is like (laughs) praising her and saying, oh, I I, I can't compete or, you know, like I I wasn't, but like he, it was was just so funny. I did feel bad about that. Yeah, going back and forth and. It was tough. Yeah. yeah, But no, but it was, it was so funny and so housewives. And that's where I. It was. It really was. And I also couldn't believe how much I, I hadn't seen him in a long time. And to see him, and I'm like, wow, Brianna really looks like her dad. You know, you I know? Didn't, I need to look again. I did not like... The, the mouth yeah. is just totally him. Like, the it just... I was like, wow. Now, because Brianna doesn't really look a lot like Vicky Mm-mm. to me. I don't see it right? either. No. So when I saw him... He, she really looked, she looks just like her dad. It's, it's amazing. But um, I did love that back and forth. And um, are you going to talk about the, uh, um, the prom and the Oh, prom yeah. Oh, yeah. Coming? That, okay. Oh, yeah. That's coming. Okay. I think that's, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, I, I'm, I don't want to skip ahead. Oh, no, no, no. You're good. Um, so Vicky started her own insurance agency working out of her home. Oh, and guess what? It is prom night for Brianna and Victoria. <laughs> prom night. This is the moment you're never going to forget. These are the moments, Brianna. It's the moment you're never going to forget. These are the moments I'm going to live vicariously through you. I was obsessed. My favorite was her... <laughs> Not only was she badgering Brianna about like no drinking, no or no sex, whatever, but the way she yeah. was trying to micromanage this hairstylist. Um, are you gonna put? The, are you gonna do anything up? Are you gonna put it up at all? Um, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Can you do something? Do you know? Like she was literally <laughs> trying to tell her what yeah. to do. <laughs> totally, and I love the. High, I was fascinated by the the style that the hairstylist said. She was like, "We're gonna do a dirty curl." I was like, "What is a dirty curl?" I was like, "I'm kind of. I'm here for that. Give me a dirty curl." She's what like, a dirty curl is that? Means you're gonna put it up. You're gonna put mud in it. What are you gonna do? <laughs> I, I, I mean, and I. But this was an authentic moment between Brianna and Vicky, where she was like, "Don't you know drinking?" And she's like, "I know, mom." And then she's like, I "Don't don't have sex." She's like. Oh my God. And like her face looked mortified. It was so genuine. Yes. I was like, oh my God, I felt for her so bad. There. I think about these kids that are on their film. Like it's an amazing opportunity, mm-hmm. but like think how like though that kind of moment as a teenager. Now I'd be like, I don't oh, care. Can but you as imagine? A teenager, oh right. my God. No. Mortified. No. Get out. Mm-hmm. Mortified. Are you kidding me? That's all that's like the literally the worst thing you could possibly do. Absolutely. Oh, but I loved it. But it was so authentic. It was. <laughs> and it's so perfect. It's a representation of their relationship to this day. That yes. moment. I was thinking, like, I was just it hasn't changed. <laughs> yes. It's like yeah, okay, we've never right. seen anything different than that. It's amazing. Things change, but it's they great. also stay the same. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I completely agree. Oh, God, it's so great. Um, and then we get back to Gina, and this is where we hear about, you know, the boys are destined to play baseball. Because remember, the genetics. Gina was... Gina, the genetics yeah. was already planned. It was already Before planned. Before they were born, they were going to have boys. And they were going to play baseball. So Kara, she tries to make up with her bad for her brother's bad grades by wanting to make her mom proud academically. That was like such a mm-hmm. sweet moment. But the when Gina said, Clara really loves volleyball, but she just didn't pick it up qu- quick enough. I want her to be a doctor or a lawyer, not get married until she's 30. I'm like, oh, she's such a good player. Like, I know she didn't mean any harm, I'm sure. But I'm like, oh, like... You're reading yeah. her. <laughs> and that's I know. Why. You're totally reading your daughter. But yeah. then at the same time, she's sitting on the, the the bleachers cheering her on. So, like, you know it's all, like, she's so supportive of her. It's just sometimes yeah. the choice Yeah, and then she's bragging words. about her about making the varsity. Yeah, so it is a little bit. Part of me was like, it had to have been some shady editing. It had to have yeah. been because that was such a shady comment that we're like, oh, well, ready. Right. But I like that Gina wants more for her daughter in the sense that she's she wants her to just reach all potential mm-hmm. and Kara has but her life has been struck with with tragedy yeah um as we've seen with the loss of um her child and just handled it with such grace and was and was so open about that that it was it was amazing to see and to watch and I'm sure she was extremely helpful and inspiring to a lot of people and comforting to a lot of people who've experienced those things. So, I mean, I think that Kara has made her life. She's just made an amazing job. So good job, Gina Keo. Yes. 
I think Kara is truly, she's one of the best house kids that we have um, in mm. the Bravo world because mm. I just think she was so funny and easy to watch on here. She's so smart, yes. such a good kid. She's, like you said, I, I even mentioned to Gina, I was like, you know, I, you know, know from a lot, everybody in the Bravo verse, we're all thinking of Kara all the time. And we, you know, applaud her for, like you said, being so open about it because mm-hmm. it do, it is something that um, people don't talk about a lot. And sometimes um, no. being mm-hmm. able to see other people are experiencing such a loss yes. like that is yes. going to be really helpful. So I, I just, I totally agree. I love Cara. Mm-hmm. I've loved her from the beginning. And so it's really fun going back and seeing, you know, rowdy Cara as a high schooler. In fact, Gina had a lot to say about her kids in season one. Do you think um, Cara will ever do Housewives if she was offered? You know, Cara was trying to do a um, tackle and flip design show. She filmed some episodes, pilot, but right before COVID hit. So nothing's really happened. Cara has an amazing personality and she should probably do a scripted show and she should write a script for a show. She's just so funny and offbeat and She's always been an amazing writer. She's writing a book now. She's got a publicist, I believe. And uh, if you don't follow her on Instagram, Kara Boz, you should, because she is very funny. I do follow her. She yeah. um, she was such a good... She, it was so easy to watch her on television. She was such yeah. a natural. <laughs> I love the one funny. scene where she's at Tammy Knickerbocker's house and all Lindsay's friends are drinking Tammy's wine. And she said, that's Tammy's wine. You shouldn't open that. Where's yours? He goes, well, mine's all gone. She goes, well, then that probably means you had enough. (laughs) She didn't drink. She always had such good morals and she was a good teacher. Mm -hmm. She, she brought good life lessons to children. So you can go to a party and you don't have to drink. And, and Colton sort of did the same thing too. They always, people looked up to them and, went to them for advice and stuff because they, because their mother worked all the time. They had to figure out life themselves and they knew how to do everything. Mm-hmm. I never spoiled um, them. Yeah, they were, they were great. I, yeah. I really, I remember in season one, there was a moment where I think, um, sorry, Colton had broken his hand and it was because he, one of his friends was doing drugs or something and he didn't want him to do drugs. Yeah. Like that was kind of an incredible moment. And, and he didn't a, tell me about it until his coach said, did you tell mm-hmm. your mom you had, you got in a fight and you broke your hand? And he said, how do you know coach? He said, because your finger won't bend down. It sticks out of the glove like this and you need to go get a fix because every time a ball comes, you're going to re-break your little finger. So Tom, I took him, it had healed so much. He had to have it re-broken in a plate and screws where if he would have told me right away, they would have just set it, cast it, and it would have been fine. So I think he learned that when something bad happens, you need to tell your mom. The other thing, um, Shane would be a third generation major league baseball player if he makes it into the majors only two yes. other families had done that prior that's uh-huh wild that was 
historic and you really feel the stakes and you yeah. feel the pressure of both parents. You feel the pressure of Matt um, and how he's and he had some things to say about Shane, about playing baseball. And, OK, how devastated were you when you found out as they were telling the story, if you didn't remember, because I did not remember this part, that he was playing baseball in high school and he wants to be drafted straight out of high school. That's the goal here. Mm-hmm. Right. So. He's playing at this one school, but maybe, but he wants to go to a different team at a different high school to to up his chances. So he changes. They buy a house in Irvine so that he can play on the baseball team there in high school for his senior year. But he didn't keep his grades up, so he wasn't even able to play. Are you kidding me? I, I in that moment, I was just like. I wanted to shake. I just was like, no, are you kidding? Like this. I, and what was very, that scene like? <laughs> when right. He found that out. Oh, I wouldn't want to be there. <laughs> he very much. Yeah. He's very vocal about how school doesn't matter. He just wants to play baseball. And that's true. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. but here's the thing in order to play baseball, you have to maintain a little bit of the school until you yes. can get out. And I felt oh for God. him. But I also, you know, you just got to do what you got to do to be able to play. So I was. I can't believe it got to that point. I was. I was shocked. I can't believe it even got to that point. Like, and why weren't they riding him every single night? Like, we bought a freaking house. Yes. So you could play baseball at this school. And not only did we have you switch schools, you we bought a house, and now you don't have the grades enough to play, and so this screws everything up. I can't believe that even happened. I was so stressed. I like broke out in hives thinking about it. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and I just, I, I, you know, I mean, obviously it's his responsibility, but at the same time, it was kind of like, boy, I, I wonder how that got by everybody that his grades weren't that. Like, why weren't you with him at night, being like, are you doing your homework? Get right. a tutor. Like, I don't know if it, if the stakes were that high, they should have been on him a little more. That's all. I agree. And well, the other here's another trend with Matt. They cut to Matt. I think they were watching him play baseball, and he says. Shane obviously wants to play baseball. Is it a reality? Probably not. But I'm going to say, I'm not going to say you can't chase your dream. Well. Uh, dad? Dad? Daddy? <laughs> Daddy, can you please love me? Like, I was so horrified. These, the parents are just, <laughs> just knocking them down every chance they get. No, I mean, that was such a delusional statement. To me, that was like, you know, I whatever his issues were, mm-hmm. that's what was coming out there. I mean, that's he's just, true. But, but the amount of pressure to to know that your father kind of thinks that is just like yeah, tough because he obviously. Oh, and then he said something about um, as you you can rise to the top, but falling you can fall even faster. And then they get the little stats up on the team <laughs> on the screen that says something like, you know, major league baseball player, you know, nineteen da 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 da. And then, like a year later, it's like uh, fifteen uh, strikes out. And I don't know sports, but I don't anyway. know. something <laughs> like, like that. The stats were bad. It, he had a very bad season. Oh. So like one season, he was like best player. Next season, he was you know worse. Worse. So, and so he realizes the you know that this is the reality that you know you don't know you have to have what it takes to get to be an MLB player and to stay an MLB player and to be good. So for him to be, you know, being a little rough about the truth. Yeah. You know, maybe you should just hold that back, but I suppose that's the life he's lived, but it's like, right. it's not jaded. It's a little too much truth. 
It's more of, I think, what, one of those moments, and I wonder how a lot of them feel after they see, you know, the seasons, because it that almost felt like an a comment you would have to maybe, like, a family member or, like, somebody else you can say. Right. <laughs> you know, not expect... I <laughs> wonder if he even thought, like, what will my son think when he sees... Because, of course, Shane probably didn't know mm. this until the show aired because it was in a confessional-type moment. So that would be shocking to, like, be like, you're sitting on the couch watching, be like, Dad, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what is Dad- that? Dad... I know. I was kind of wondering, would that have been shocking to him? Or has his father probably said that to his face That's a, good a point. million times? Yeah, that is a he, good maybe point. Maybe he has. Yeah. Like, you can't, you're not going to get in, you're not going to be drafted if you, you know, hit like that, or you're not going to make it. You're, you're half of what I was. I mean, I'm sure he probably said this to his face, but. Uh, it was tough. But then we get over to Kimberly and Vicky. It goes a little back and forth. Kimberly, her daughter Bianca is going to her middle school prom She's in this whole thing. <laughs> Kimberly drops the bomb. Yeah, it's very common for girls to get breast implants for high school graduation. Oh. <laughs> okay, wow. I totally did not hear that. Are oh, you yeah. serious? Oh yeah, that and I thought she was still talking about makeup. Like they love getting their makeup done. It's like the thing to do. She said breast implants she, in as a high school girl. Oh my mm-hmm. god. Okay. She was saying like I wow. think she started off talking about how, you know, like she wants her to stay young. She doesn't want her to look like a 25-year-old with the makeup, like mm-hmm. do it light. And then mm-hmm. she talked about, you know, these girls getting breast implants for high school graduation. And I oh asked Gina God. about this. I know out here that it's very common that girls receive breast implants for high school graduation. And I wouldn't want her to do that. I want her to have a chance to thoroughly enjoy her life. And when she hits middle age and needs to spice things up, then if she chooses it, that's fine. One of the things that struck me in season one that Kimberly said was high school seniors, a lot of them get breast implants for their high school graduation. I think I got a car of them at high school graduation. That is, I had no idea that that was like a thing. That's kind of amazing. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you know, about 17, 18 years old, girls with big noses get nose jobs before they go to college. Um, yeah, a lot of, a lot of cars friends did. It wasn't, I wasn't the only crazy mom. (laughs) No, it is like a big thing in, in Orange County. It's different in the OC. I was like in high school, I was like. I hope that I that I look okay in my old navy t-shirt or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> I wish I I didn't even think of No, well, I didn't never think of even getting be breast an option either. You know, I wasn't right, thinking about right. that. But um so yeah, that shocked me. And oh, Bianca's it this again shows the difference between a Kimberly and Vicky moment. Granted, Bianca is in middle school, but Bianca's like my dress costs $200, but other people spend more. And it's like, you're seeing the grounded, mm-hmm. normal, like non-Orange County, typical Orange County sort of moments in Kimberly and her kids. Um, because then we yes. get to Vicky and we have this over-the-top pre- 
prom party with this huge, like, uh, was that a, a Hummer type limousine? I mean, it was huge. I couldn't believe what she did. Yeah. I, I was, and to find, you know, part of this is like, oh, these days when you're watching Housewives, you know, they're going to show up, show out, get everything for the party because they know it's going to be on film. But Vicky, from what we learned in this episode, was that this is nothing out of the ordinary. This is what she does. Mm -hmm. So they were filming. This was a slice of life. And that's what blew me away. I was like, well, the the housewives have gotten really good at just showing off and by having these extravagant parties. But Vicky's been doing it from day one. And she flew in her ex-husband, you know, obviously. All the family. Which she's done before. And all the family flying them in and having this huge party. It's amazing what she does. The fact that she gets all these plane tickets, I have to tell you, this is <laughs> this is my the most ridiculous thing. But my the thing that stresses me out the most about having kids is the I think about when I travel, I'll have to buy more plane tickets because I hate buying plane tickets. How expensive <laughs> they are. But, I know, it, it does. It sucks. <laughs> and I'm like... But Vicky's out of here, like throwing plane tickets to all the pair, all her relatives. I'm just like, this is how you know you I have know. money. <laughs> this is a, and it and self made too. This is why I just was really delighting in this episode for the sake of everybody, but most importantly, Vicky Gunvalson is just she's at this desk in her house and she's on the phone. She's like, okay, so you have Michael Wolfson's uh, plane tickets, and then you have two. Okay, is that aisle and is that. D45 C. Okay, great. <laughs> send them to me and I'll send them to him. But I'll Brianna, you're going to be late for your prom. Okay, hold on. I got to go. To, I got to go. I got to work. I mean, it was it was everything that we know Vicky to be. She yes. has not changed. She has she has her hand in everything. I don't know how she does it. I want that energy. I need that energy. Um, yeah. And yeah. I mean, she, she's the queen of working till midnight. Like. I'm sorry, <laughs> that is insane to me, but good for her, and that is why she made she is as self made as she is, and we just well, I like that she it. had the two kids, and she's like, "I need to raise my kids, I need to do something, and she didn't know what to do, and her friend was like, "You should sell insurance." And she was like, okay. And then she just got into doing it. It's amazing. It is. She didn't have an, uh, she didn't, she's like, I didn't have a degree or anything, so I needed to figure it out. And I want to know, like, does she still stay in contact with this friend? Is this friend also on that path or yeah, like in this I've, super success, successful because this friend literally created like a insurance maven. <laughs> I know. I would like to meet this friend. I would like to see her give kudos to the friend who told her to do that. I, I'm, I am curious too, Steve. Mm-hmm. And then in this moment with Vicky though and Brianna, Brianna said something shocking to me. Um, she Mm. said, and maybe there was like a previous question that kind of, you know, led her to this, but the statement was, Mm -hmm. I don't have a close relationship with my dad, so I don't really have like a father figure. So she's like both to me, Mm. but Dawn is there. And I always thought she felt like Dawn was a father figure. So that was weird to me. Oh my God, you're right. I didn't even process that because in that moment I didn't acknowledge that Don was there. Yeah. But he was because we saw Don like, you know, cleaning the Bart. tires on the car. <laughs> yeah. And uh oh Vicky, she's in there. She's uh who knows what she's up to. You know, um that's such a good point. Hmm. Yeah. So I I I mean I'm trying to wrap my head around like was there any other way they could have asked a question and that was a response to something but I don't know. I that's it surprised me. 
Um, mm-hmm. And then we get to meet Lori, our final housewife of season one. Oh, Lori. Wow. What a way to end it. And it, to be like 45 minutes into the show and then it's like, oh, here's another person. That was a little <laughs> shocking. But then I was like, I guess... Was Lori an official housewife at that in this? I can't remember. I think she was she like a friend. No, she was an official housewife, and oh, she was an oh, that's right because was, her tagline is "Oh, the police are all." Exactly, but it was weird. And it, yeah. what was amazing about Lori's at coming in, and you touched on this a little earlier. We really are seeing all different walks of women. I feel like yes. they're not all the same at all. And like Lori is divorced, yeah. no financial settlement. Mm-hmm. She started working mm-hmm. with Vicky to, you know, sell insurance. We see how yep. she walks by her old house and misses the lifestyle oh and lives in a townhouse now with her two kids. And mm-hmm. she's really like, I, this is, this is hard. We're, <laughs> I sat the kids down and, you know, we're, we're going to be fighting for our lives. <laughs> and, yeah, you know, it's yeah. so sad to, like, see that knowing, you know, as not a f- first-time viewer, knowing where she goes is great. But, like, there's that. And then there we come to find there's a lot of hardships going on in that household. And so mm, we really oh root gosh. for Lori, I feel like. And she's just someone mm-hmm. – she is someone you want to root for. She doesn't have any qualities where I'm really, like, you know – I don't want to see her succeed kind of thing. Yeah. She is very much like the fallen angel. Mm-hmm. Of the, if I may, uh, the OC angels, which you'll get to, I'm sure <laughs> later in your recaps, which I can't wait to listen to. But, um, but yeah, to see somebody who is trying to build it all back together and catch her at this point in her life is pretty fascinating. And to, to, to know, well, we know where her story ended now and mm-hmm. where she is now, which is a phenomenal um, journey that she's had. She basically ended up meeting what the man of like, basically Prince Charming, right? Yeah. And she she got married, remarried, and he's super wealthy. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> she bounced back pretty quick. Oh uh, yeah. So, but not to say there aren't hardships because, as we have discovered, you know, fast forwarding through life, and now we know where all these beloved characters are. Mm-hmm. It is really she has had some tragedy with her son and his drug addiction and and his run-ins with the law, running with the law. And um, it's been a really tough road. And and when you see young Josh mm-hmm. on that couch, my heart just kind of Bro. like melts and it breaks. And I just want to scoop him up and hug him and take care of him. And because divorce is just so traumatic and you just see that he's obviously He's not going to come out of this well. Mm-hmm. It's not going to go well. And it's sad. It's sad. It's sad. Divorce is always hard, but I'm sure the going from having everything to then worrying, you know, mm-hmm. what am I, where are we going to live? What are we going to, I mean, that adds a whole nother level of difficulty. Mm-hmm. So I, I agree. Mm-hmm. I felt with, for him so bad. You see how hard he's taking it, but. And, you know, and we also later, like you said, you know, all of the trials that he had gone through later, he also, I believe, had a child and that Lori ended up adopting. Um, Oh, is that right? mm -hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah. So she took in um, his kid and she's a Mm -hmm. wonderful grandma and mom. 
Yes. Yes. Yes, she sure is. So then Ashley strolls in saying, Mom, I'm home. (laughs) 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 Saying, you know, Uh, classic. I'm not a parent, but I feel like it's classic kids coming home with a dog. Like, acting like, oh, it's fine. I I live here. It's it's no big deal. Mm Mm-hmm. I I own the place kind of deal. And she yep. wants to- Yes, yes. <laughs> She's like, I want to come home because I want to be there where everybody's nice and I know a lot of people and I don't have to pay my own bills. <laughs> I was like, yes, bitch, I'm coming with you. I want to go to there. <laughs> that's what I want to do too. Um, but Lori mm-hmm. definitely is like, no, ma'am, you are getting mm-hmm. a job, enrolling in school, and you got two mm-hmm. weeks to do it. So <laughs> mm-hmm. figure it out. Yeah. And then she's like, mm-hmm. oh, well, um, you'll be able to babysit the kids. I'll have a live-in babysitter. And then they cut to Ashley. My mom thinks that I'm going to be babysitting for her all of the time. And that's just not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> and I would be like, yeah, you're babysitting yeah, all the time. I'd be like, <laughs> then you can get out. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So she goes, we get to see her going for drinks with Lorelai, which I want to know where Lorelai is these days. I know. She had a little snap <laughs> she to her, too. She was like, uh-uh. You are not. No, no. You're not taking care of that dog. Who's the mummy? Who's the mummy? And I was like, whoa, Lorelai. Damn, coming in hot. She was getting They're together. like having drinks at a outdoor mall, like, you know, like shopping mall with the stores behind them, which I was fascinated by. I'm like, oh, that's so OC. Like, yes. that's so L.A. Like. Right. I was well. So what's funny is, until I moved out here on the West Coast and had uh-huh. been to Orange County, I had never thought Orange County was so like all those places they were going to. I never knew it was going to be in like all these shopping malls and like Fashion Island. All these, yeah. It is so Fashion Island. Oh yes. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Can we just talk about, first of all, the when Joe was like, um, they're like, oh, we love your engagement ring. When are you getting married? And she's like, I didn't even know, like, what a canary, what a yellow diamond was. I didn't even know it was so rare. And I didn't, I mean, I guess he, like, Slade bought it for $115,000 at Fashion Island. I was like, Fashion <laughs> Island? That's kind of, like... It's like Zales. <laughs> Tacky ass. Like, what is Fashion Island? Is that a jewelry store or is that I, like a mall? I have no idea. I, I need to do my I research on that. I know I've been, actually, you know what? I definitely mm-hmm. have been to Fashion Island because I've met, you know, met up with um, Bronwyn or something there. But I don't know what it, I think it is a shopping center. That has a little bit, yeah. a few restaurants, but it is. I'm looking at it right now. It's in Newport. <laughs> Fashion <laughs> Island. It's just the worst name. It's just the worst. It is. There's no class to that name at all. It, it just sounds so cheap. It does. It reminds me of like, um, like the equivalent of it's like a, a or- Deb or like you know those sh- those um shops that are like uh, what wet seal. Claire's? Like wet seal. Oh, wet. Yeah, that's exactly what I imagine. Yes. Fashion Island, Fashion Island, Orange County's premier shopping center features world class <laughs> shopping and restaurants. 400 and, oh, 401 Newport Center Drive, Newport Beach, California. So there you go. Come join us at Fashion Island. There it is. There it is. And you remember when she saw that canary diamond, it does look so similar to Gretchen's. 
engagement ring. Do you, <gasps> Does it? Do you remember no. the tea of all of that? I, I feel like her. people were calling that out when the proposal happened. And they mm-hmm. said, that looks a lot like what Joe had. And they say it's not, but I'd like to see. I'd like to see. I don't wow. Know. Okay. Interesting. Isn't that, hmm. that, that, I mean, $115,000 ring. Does Joe give that back? I want to know. I need to know. I do. That's a really that's, good question. That's a lot oh, of money. Gosh, It sure is. Well, I'll find out when I interview Joe next week. Oh, good. Week. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. So um, then, oh, so speaking of Joe and Slade, one of the other quotes that I was like rolling my eyes so far back in my head for Slade, she's been given the world. Uh I mean, I know that I'm a pretty good catch. All her bills are taken care of. She's driving an expensive car. She's living in a 5,000 square foot house. She has pretty much everything she needs. Yes. But guess what? I also have goals and dreams, you ass. (laughs) Like... (laughs) I mean, it's just like he he really was looking for an accessory, truly. Oh, yes. And he was happy to play that part. Totally. This is what I mean about it seemed very produced. Their storyline seemed the most produced to me than anyone's, right? Well, to you, too? Well, you know why I feel like it could feel that way. You know how they were cast, pushed himself, right? Pushed, pushed himself onto the show. I was just right? going to say. Wait, no, tell me. Tell tell the story because I need to be refreshed and I know. So this man, I guess, in a silent auction. This man. This man <laughs> in a silent auction bid on the cast to be cast onto the show. It was a silent auction um, prize. Okay. Was to be on the show, which first Slade of all. Yeah. Did? Mm-hmm. So okay. in reality- Joe wasn't, I mean, like Slade won that, but. Oh, shut up. You know what I mean? Really? Yeah. Is that really? Oh my God. And Gina did confirm that producers do have some influence on the storyline to kind of help stir the pot. And in season one, it really was focused on separate families. Yeah. You guys didn't get together that often. Well, um, the, the storyline was hard to put people together. And then they started right. They started thinking, okay, let's do, we're going to have um, Domenico come over to Gina's house and teach the girls how to cook. Or we're going to go, Vicky and Gina are going to go work out and do boot camp together. Right. So they started doing things like that where natural things moms would do together. Because right. how often do moms go to exotic trips with a bunch of girls? Not very often. I always felt that it would have been more realistic to, to like, let's go to Vegas with our husbands. And the girls can do their stuff during the day. The guys can go golf or do whatever guys do. But at least mm-hmm. at night, the guys are there for a little drama and a little fun. And maybe they're fighting too. Maybe they're yeah. cheating in golf. or I don't know. I thought yeah. they should have involved the men a little bit more. That's probably what I liked about Havasu because the husbands were there, boyfriends were there. It was just more natural. Did you ever have feel like producers were ever trying to set you guys up at all? Oh, sure. sure. And they would say, 
Jean doesn't think you should get divorced. She thinks you should go to media mediation. And, <laughs> and of course, I did feel that way. Even when people right. call me now to list their house because they're getting divorced, I said, why don't you just rent it out for a year in case you get back together? It's midlife crisis. I've seen this a million times. You sell your beautiful house, then you get back together six months later. finally get to joe and kimberly meeting and this is this was so produced for me and i was laughing so hard where joe's just oh my wandering God, yeah. around like it'd be really nice to have a friend group i'm lonely I need a lot of the women in kodo quite yet hi. hi this is gonna sound like a really random awkward weird question but do y'all ladies live in kodo do you by any chance live in kodo <laughs> Well, yes, we do. Well, Just so hey. happens. Oh, my gosh. It's your lucky day. <laughs> so that was so so nice to see her and um, Kimberly. And Kimberly really gave some amazing advice. Like, she was like, mm-hmm. I had a booming career. I got pregnant, decided to quit and stay home. And it was a big adjustment because you're answering to someone else financially. And, you know, it's a new – she's like, I mean, I've been retired for – 13 years, I think she said. And anytime I'm at a cocktail party, people walk away after I say I'm retired or I, I don't work because it's like, oh, I'm bored. And that's so shitty. <laughs> I did think that was pretty funny. I'm like, well, you talk to different people because those people are clearly assholes. <laughs> right. But then gave her, I feel like she shifted Kimberly's mind or Joe's mindset and really was like, I mean, one, you got to figure out what do you want? Because her and Slade are on exact opposite Mm -hmm. fields of what they see their life to be. But she also just like, you know, go out and ride your bike, go have drinks with the girls, get another boob job, get your tits done. (laughs) And uh, certainly for Scott, I mean, we had lived here about six months when Scott said, Hey, you know, have you thought about, you know, maybe getting breast implants? I said, you gotta be kidding. Okay. So go ahead and stand. I went from a 32A to a 32D. And most women I spoke to wish they had gone bigger. Curl up one vertebrae at a time. When I went in, I thought, I only want to go under a general anesthesia once. So we'll, we'll do what my body can handle. <laughs> and, you know, Kimberly really seemed to find some comfort, or not Kimberly, sorry, Joe seemed to find some comfort in that. And then um, we get to Gina and we find out that Shane got drafted. Thank God. I was worried all over again. Because, I mean, I knew how it turned out, but to just watch it again and relive it, I just felt so much stress. Mm -hmm. And the fact that, you know, it's like the draft lasts for a couple days and they're checking this every second and he's seeing people that he recognizes. I loved his commentary. He's like, he's not (laughs) 6'2". He's not. I'm taller than him. You know, I didn't know I he was, it was that funny good. That he was, yeah. He's like, well, he's got, well, wait, how much do you make for that? You know, I just, I thought it was interesting, that whole process. If he, if he thinks that's pressure, he had to try Yankee Stadium. Shane obviously wants to play baseball. Is it reality? Probably not. But am I going to say you can't chase your dream? No. Thank God. He was any, of course, he didn't get picked until later because his grades were so bad. So, you know, there you go. Such but, a bummer. <sighs> Thank heavens. And then Kara, but Kara got varsity and got $500 and some flowers. I love that. I was so proud of her. I was too. (laughs) I'm so proud of her. But then we get to end the episode off with Joe giving us 
the he's pretty much <laughs> keeping me line, which was her tagline. We love to hear it. Um, and dancing and drinking wine in the bathroom by herself, putting on this hat and boa. She is living her life at probably 3 p.m. in the afternoon, toasted. Loved it. Taking Kimberly's advice to dress up and do a little dance. Exactly. For her I mean, fiance. And then we get Slade home. And he's like, what? Gets she gets him on the couch, straddles him, and all of a sudden, slow mo, the the tops coming off, and end <laughs> epic scene. scene. <laughs> classic, classic, beautiful, classic, amazing. Oh god, awkward, love it, amazing, incredible. It was incredible, wow. and you know, if people, I you have to respect the history of this show and where it came from because yes. it is a different show, yes. but it's so good and. It's so good in its own way. It's a different. It's 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 different, but it it opens your eyes up to um, all these different families, and they're also different in different places, but relatable to other people in some senses. Like with what Lori mm-hmm. was going through, and you know what maybe what Joe was going through. All of them have a relatability factor that mm-hmm. no matter how much money you have. You're not mm-hmm. exempt from all of this shit, you know? And I, Yeah. The tragedies of the world, the heartache of the world, everything. I mean, we all, I, I mean, honestly, I'm like, people are like, money can't buy you happiness. And I'm like, no, yes, it can. It, 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 it actually can. <laughs> so I do argue that point often because I think so much of when you're going through hardships, so much stems from money and the stress that you have over money and providing and where are you going to go? Like, but... That can only go so far, as you see from these stories. You know, mm-hmm. obviously, Joe, perfect example, and and Lori, and yeah. um, and well, Vicky seems pretty happy. Yeah, <laughs> I good. will say that. Well, the, to your point, when Erica said on this current season of Beverly Hills, like ri- having money, um, something about like it's shoot, it's money makes it harder or something like that. She, it was basically the most tone deaf thing that could be said, but basically saying like um, rich people have problems too, but it's actually harder. It, having more money makes it the harder. The more money you have, the bigger, oh, the big, bigger the your more problems you have, are. The bigger the problems That's are. What it is. Yeah. And I yes. thought, you know, I agree with you. I was like, that is not oh, really that true. No. <laughs> actually at all. In your perspective and your life, yes, because everything in your life is surrounded by somebody stealing money from victims. So that is why your problem <laughs> is the way it is, because it's completely money based. But no, no, that ain't it. Not that, not true. That take is not it. <laughs> not relatable. Uh, but um, so that wraps up the episode. And I do want to give a little fun fact about um, Orange County, I don't know if you know, I'm sure you do, but it was, the show was actually started by Scott Dunlop, and, or I mean, I guess created by Scott Dunlop. He wanted it to be about Gina's family. Well, you know, Scott Dunlop wrote this original pilot it was supposed to be, be called Behind the Gates, and it was about my family. He was my next-door neighbor, and it was going to be about my family and my revolving door of every time he'd come over, he'd say, who's that? And I'd say, well, that's a writer from New York. He's working on a movie. Um, that's an actor. 
that's a drug dealer hiding out. <laughs> I mean, I always had this wide variety of people in the house because my husband that's worked a, and he was gone a lot for baseball. So I didn't like being alone with the kids. So I always had fun. I mean, I had Tammy Knickerbocker live with me for seven months where her house was remodeled. I had Quinn Fry live there for a year. I, I just had so many different people over the years live there. So it was really fun. And they shot up a pilot and the network liked it, but they wanted more families. And that's how we now got the Real Housewives of Orange County. Well, how about that, Steve? And none of the, or she didn't know any of them. She didn't even know Vicky. Oh, she didn't know Vicky? I just learned that with, with talking to her. She said, Really? <laughs> this is funny. She said, Oh, yeah. I was like, wasn't she your neighbor? And she said, oh, yeah. Well, you know, we had like acre lots and stuff. So it's we're far away from each other. So you don't see all your neighbors. I'm like. Uh. Huh. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Okay, not going over there for a cup of sugar. <laughs> um, wow. So, wow, wow, yeah. Wow. So Vicky and Lori knew each other, obviously. Joe mm -hmm. was brought into the group. Well, she. Like for later when they all get together, Joe was brought into the group by Kimberly, mm -hmm. and then mm -hmm. Kimberly she didn't know Kimberly either. I think she said she. So that's wild, isn't that crazy? Yeah. Huh. So yeah, so casting facts. just took over at that point, or Scott maybe found other families or mm -hmm. something. Okay, interesting. But so we got to give Gina. She is the OG of the OC. She is the OG of the OC. You're absolutely right. 100%. Way to go, Gina Keo. Do we think Vicky will ever and admit the that? recipient of the first. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if she's as stubborn as uh, other housewives. So perhaps she would give a tip of the hat to Gina. I think she might. I'll give her that benefit of the doubt. Yes. Well, that <laughs> wraps up our episode one of... But now we said it. Um, Amy, tell everybody, like, I want to hear what's going on. What do you want? Do you have anything you want to plug? Sure. Sure. Absolutely. If I got to work, I got to plug what I got to do. And I've got to work because I got a big buddy. <laughs> um, so you can um, my have a, a Real Housewives, a parody cookbook out right now. It's on yes. pre-sale. So you can find it uh, anywhere books are sold. It's called Cook It, Spill It, Throw It, the Not-So-Real Housewives Parody Cookbook, where I partner with an amazing celebrity chef, Stuart O'Keefe, in which we created recipes based on iconic moments from the franchise, and we celebrate all the housewives. Um, it's real food. It's real housewives. It's really funny. And um, uh, please, uh, if, you, if you're into cooking and housewives, Check it out. And you can listen to my Sirius XM radio show every day, Monday through Friday, on Radio Andy on Sirius XM, channel 102 at 4 Eastern, 1 Pacific. It's yes. called Reality Checked. Reality <laughs> like, Oh, yeah. Checked. It has a title. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you so much. And I truly meant everything. Like, you are always so great. You're so funny. You're a great Thank you, Steve. Same to you. I just... Oh, my God. I'm I so happy it. that we're friends. This is great. Me and I'm too. so excited for your podcast. Thank so you. congratulations. And if I had some champs, I would toast to you. Cheers on your on your first episode. Well, let's just do a woohoo instead. Okay. <laughs> woohoo! And cut.
Oh, we could, we could fly. This is your summer. That means Six Flags and the taste of an ice-cold Coca-Cola. We're talking thrilling coasters, amazing animal attractions, and this. Coke is summer refreshment, so you can hop on another ride, like the all-new Sidewinder Safari. Six Flags and Coca-Cola. Come make it yours. Visit SixFlags.com slash Coke to save up to $20 off passes or daily tickets starting at $39.99.